Hey, you're listening to the Sound on Sight Walking Dead podcast. This week, The Suicide King, the first episode of the second half of season three of The Walking Dead, also the last run of the show that showrunner Glenn Mazzara will be in charge of, finds Daryl and Merle reuniting, as well as Tyrese trying to integrate himself into the group, and lots more talking. Hey, listen to the Sound on Sight Walking Dead podcast. My name is Simon Howell. I'm the Sound on Sight content editor over at soundonsight.org, joined by TV editor Miss Kate Kulzik. Hello. And general editor Mr. Ricky D. Hello, everybody. How are y'all feeling? I'm sick, in case you can't tell. Me too. <laughs> I have Sounds a like it a, was a late night for everybody. I have uh, a bit of a cold. I actually slept for like 12 hours, because I'd probably gotten 12 hours of sleep in the last five days before that, which is, I'm sure, why I'm sick. But, yeah, it doesn't seem to be helping. Wee! Better be careful. You <laughs> might start seeing ghosts. Yeah. Heaven forbid. So, yes, the suicide... Can I just take a second and say that this is an awesome episode title? I, that, that's the best thing about the episode is the title because I love, yeah. the, I love the clever metaphor. But didn't like the episode. Sorry. I like this episode. I knew Ooh. you would. I know you we'll would. We have things to talk about. Yay. I know because we always disagree. <laughs> You know what? We have to remind our listeners that um, we do not have any insight into future episodes. We do not see any future episodes. So, therefore, anything we say on this podcast is pure speculation. But we do spoil the hell out of the episode, The Suicide King. So, we assume if you're listening to our podcast, you've seen the episode. Yes. So, please don't complain when you listen to an episode named after the episode that we're supposed to be talking about. And then the episode gets spoiled. And you're like, what? Because that's, yeah. that's you'd be missing the point. Yeah. Okay. So yes, the suicide. I'm kind of more with Rick on this one. I, I thought it was kind of an average episode, to be honest. Uh, I, 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 when I, when I was trying to piece together a little intro for the show, I was, I was, I just watched the episode and I was struggling to think of what happened in it. And maybe that's because I'm sick, but I don't think it is. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'll just say that I realize why I like The Walking Dead so much because even when an episode is not good, in my opinion. I still find it incredibly entertaining. The problem is the last 10 minutes of this episode, the big climax, the big like uh, haunting of Connecticut. Rick starts seeing like his dead wife dressed in her like wedding gown and he starts freaking out in front of everybody. I could not stop laughing. I thought that was the funniest moment of the Walking Dead series so far. I swear to God, I was laughing so hard. But I think that's a problem because I don't think... That scene is supposed to have the audience laughing. And I know I'm not alone because I was on Twitter and a lot of people were saying the exact same thing. They were laughing out loud at that scene. And to me, that's a problem. Yeah, I didn't laugh, but I certainly groaned at that end uh, yep. reveal. I mean, I, I thought the reveal was actually a good idea. I think the execution was off. And especially because, frankly... You know, Sarah Wayne Callies isn't in the cast anymore, so if they're going to do something like this, they have to put her in silhouette, and it's very silly. Well, I kept waiting for the there be, to be a reason that she's in silhouette, and who knows, there could be... I mean, I assume that her face is going to be all zombie-y, and they want to wait to reveal that to, at, a, at a more, you know... Because that, that, to me, means we're going to be seeing a lot more of, you know, size, projection Lori or, you know, head Lori or whatever you want to call her. But um, that's what I'm. That's what I'm assuming for now. Uh, 
And, but yeah, I, I think, I guess let's start out talking about that. Cause I, I think that it's really that, that moment was the part of the episode I didn't like. I liked pretty much everything else. Um, Besides some Andrea stuff that I'm sure we'll talk about. But I, I did think oh, it was a strong Andrea. episode. I was glad that – because I had heard that there was a lot of talking in this episode. But I think the talking was necessary and makes sense. And I'm glad that they did it. So maybe maybe we're very, very there. But let's – can we – let's start with Laurie, though. No, no, wait, wait. So I, I just want to quickly say that I am so sick and tired of people that say that there's too much talking in the episode. There's nothing wrong with The Walking Dead having scenes in which people talk. It's a freaking TV show. There's lots of characters. You need talking, especially when you have these many characters surrounding you. Otherwise, this show's going to be ridiculously boring. Well, and when you have this sort of traumatic, the sort of traumatic events that occur on The Walking Dead rather frequently happening, you know, the sort of showdown we had at the end of the last half of the season, at the, the hiatus point, that requires some talking. Well, I think I think when people complain about too much talking, what they're really complaining about is what people are talking about. Because if if the conversations were entertaining and and felt necessary and were well written, I don't think you'd hear any complaints. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. But it's just the way people phrase it. But I don't know. I, I doubt Kate, you read my review, but I wanted to specifically start with Rick and Lori because I think that's I think that scene is, like, that to me is why the episode is so incredibly disappointing. Because what I wrote in my review was, I was, I was like, talking about the meaning and sim- symbology of playing cards, right? Because I'm, like, a big poker player. And if you look at the four kings, and I should have, like, realized this early on, but I'm not very smart. But the king of hearts represents Charles, what is it, Charles VII? And he's the king that went completely insane, batshit crazy, because he was... He had like a fever and became ill. He went so incredibly insane that I think he even killed himself. So anyways, the point is that Rick has been slowly going crazy ever since Shane was shot in the head, right? And I've mentioned this before in our podcast that I'm like, wait a minute. Wasn't Shane going crazy because he was infected? And if so... Is Rick going crazy because he has the same sort of like infection inside him? Because the thing is, the last time Rick was talking to dead people, right? When he was talking to his wife on the on the broken telephone line, that was right after Lori was like brutally eaten alive by zombies while giving birth to her baby. So for me, watching the episode, I'm like, well, you know, the dude's just dealing with the fact that his wife just got eaten alive. You know, so it's just his way of mourning and dealing with the stress and, the, you know, the fact that he's really, really depressed and sad. But now if he is continually going insane and he's still seeing dead people, it leads me to speculate and believe that he is actually sick. And if that's the case, then that ending is retarded because you don't want to, like, like, that's the wrong way to do character development. Like, it felt like it came out of a B-movie. I think you're giving the show way too much credit with that. I don't think he's infected and therefore, or, or maybe he could be sick causing hallucinations, but I don't think that's the case at all. Also, just to sort of try to preempt some emails, maybe she, of course, Lori died in childbirth and then was, sh- or was, you know, passed out and then was shot by, by Carl. She wasn't eaten alive, but she, we, we don't really know exactly what happened to her. They didn't. They didn't spell it out, I guess. But yes, very traumatized. My problem with it, I don't have a problem with him seeing Lori. 
if it didn't seem like she had just appeared at that moment. We don't even need to see her, but there is no sense throughout this episode, the entirety of the episode, or, or you know, after, you know, after the phone call and after, you know, the other things at the end of last season, the last half of the season, sorry, that he has been seeing her at all. He's not acting weird. He's not twitchy. He's so did she just appear at that moment? Well, well, you see, that's the good question. And that's like, you, maybe I'm giving the show too much credit because I would like to believe that it's all planned. Like he is sick. He is slowly going insane and it's leading somewhere down the road, which will make the show more interesting. And maybe we'll le- lose Rick as the leader. Again, speculation. But the thing is, you're right. Like it just pops up out of nowhere, like a ghost. And he starts freaking out. And that's why I thought it was so funny. And it's, it's too theatrical for the show to do that especially because it's 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 basically it's character development right but that's the worst kind of character that's the worst kind of way to develop your character because it's it's just silly and especially when it's the the lead the 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 protagonist the main character of the show what the hell are they thinking if they didn't keep going back and forth, I would be more willing to accept it. But we had the phone call, and and there are there, we had there are issues with that. But the no, the ending moments between him and Laurie on the phone, uh, maybe I'm I, I'm remembering it differently. But it's where I am now, I recall liking that and thinking it was well handled, and and it's, that seemed to have been put to bed to some extent. And then here it's brought back up again. So normally when people have PTSD. To my knowledge, again, feel free to correct me, theteleverse at gmail.com. If they're going to have, if they're going to push stuff down and have it come up later, it needs to come up when things have calmed down enough to allow the subconscious to start releasing things for the, for the mind to process. Things have not calmed down yet. They're about to get attacked again by the governor. So it doesn't make sense for things that he has pushed down to start presenting themselves for him to deal with yet. Yeah, but put aside basic psychology 101. The last episode in which he was talking to his dead wife over the phone, that happened throughout the whole entire episode, and I loved it. I thought it was a, a great way to show the character dealing with his like guilt and his loss. This episode, it just happened, boom, out of nowhere at the end of the episode, and it was really strange. Simon, you haven't spoken. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I think for me the main issue was the execution. I don't think it was necessarily a bad idea. We've seen him hallucinate before. It's contiguous in that sense. But, yeah, I think it was just – I, I was distracted because I thought to myself, she's in silhouette because Sarah Wayne Callies isn't around anymore. And so it, it it should have been this poignant character moment, and all I could think about was a production aspect, and that's not good execution. So so basically, oh. we all agree that it's the execution. I mean, not, not, it's, like, it's like I feel like we're – we, we seem to think that we're disagreeing with each other, but we're not, because we all agree that this sequence was poorly executed. I, I, I have an issue with the execution, but it's not her. That I have no problem with that. I have a problem with uh, the performance from Andrew Lincoln, and, the, and that's tied in with the writing. And my issue isn't the execution of just that scene. It's in the development of the character. It lacks consistency, and it doesn't make sense to me. So maybe it'll get explained later, but for now, it does not make sense. You know, while I was watching the scene, I actually, apart from laughing my ass off, I actually felt sorry for for uh, the actor. Like I was just like, this is. 
I, I don't know, because the thing is, it's like we could sit here and blame the actor because he, you know, supposedly delivered a bad performance during that scene. But the whole entire scene was poorly executed. That I don't feel like we should be blaming the actor. I mean, there was problems with acting throughout the whole entire episode, right from the start, with the terrible extras in the background during that whole gladiator battle. And I know they're extras, but that was another a pure example of why it felt like a B movie. This episode, like that whole sequence also had me laughing out loud and that sequence should have been really tense and full of suspense and i should have been like gripping onto my seat thinking that there's a possibility that daryl one of my favorite characters might get injured but he wasn't yeah no there was no tension during that scene and i think well i think part of it is also even in a show like the walking dead you're not gonna kill off or seriously wound one of our favorite characters in the opening seconds of your of your latest half season if, if you would i mean that that would be you know incredibly uh, ballsy, but the show isn't really that ballsy in that way. I thought the the I was fine with actually that scene. I didn't think there was any. There, I agree that there wasn't tension that he was going to get killed. I, I did think that it didn't. The, the extras didn't bother me there. They bothered me more during Andrea's speech, where they all were swayed instantly to ha- happy peas and carrotsing in the background. And what about Andrea still not seeing anyone? Well, at least yeah. she's not seeing dead people. Yeah, I, I actually had more of an issue with, I mean, I understand where she's at. I actually thought her speech was good and her assuming this role of trying to shelter and prop up the rest of this community who, for the most part, seem like they're good people who just have been fueled into somewhat of a bloodlust by the direction that the, the governor has taken their sporting events, shall we say. But I don't understand her not it seems like she's forgotten about the wall of heads yeah that she just saw yeah yeah well you know and i also wrote this in my review i think a, a reversal of gender roles would make this season extremely interesting and there's always a little bit of like there there's they sort of like tease us and making us think that they're gonna do that but then it's always disappointing because like michonne walks in to the show, complete. she's a complete badass with the samurai sword. You know, she's chopping heads. She's awesome. Everybody loves her. And if I'm not mistaken, the last three or four episodes, she hasn't done anything to the point where she won't even speak to help herself out or help anyone else out. And well, at, she did beat the shit out of the governor. Yeah, yeah but, badass fight scene with the governor. No, I know. But the thing is, it, when she's around everybody else, she just refuses to even speak. And then you have Andrea... Uh, you know, and like the thing about Andrea, she com- really frustrates me, but I think there's hope with her because yes, she decides to stay at Woodbury with a man who keeps the dead heads of zombies in an aquarium tank and he's clearly insane. But at the same time, I can also say that she's the one that sort of like rose to the occasion and stood up and helped the townspeople when the governor wasn't around. So I don't. But- like, I think there's hope for Andrea to become, like, the leader of a group, especially a group as big as Woodbury, and step up and stop making stupid decisions based on her attraction to a man, which I'm so fed up of seeing. And there's hope for Michonne to once again be that badass and maybe help herself out. But the, my problem is, is I find it hard to root for characters that won't even help themselves. And that's what we've seen from Michonne and Andrea recently. Like, yeah, Michonne had that awesome, wicked, like, battle with the governor, but she's made a lot of super decisions like she won't even talk to Rick or anyone to help herself out or help anyone else out at, at times. And that's really frustrating. So they need to sort of work on that. It's time for Michonne to start talking. I don't really care yep. to whom, but she needs to 
pick someone because it, it started as a character trait and it was really interesting it made the character enigmatic it made sense for somebody who was alone for so long and then finally had somebody with her only to have them you know, in her sense betray you know so it makes sense for her to not extend herself out again but it's gotten to the point where it doesn't make sense no it doesn't and that, that's what i wrote in my review again i'm sorry to keep going back to my review but um the thing about the walking dead is we've had a changeover of showrunners twice and now technically three times in three very short seasons. And I feel like this has really impacted the entire uh, series because the, my problem with the show is it's the, it's the continuity. It's the fact that the characters just start acting and reacting in a way that doesn't make sense because it's not, it's not what we know of these characters given what we've been given in the past. And so the thing is, like, for example, if if they escape Woodbury for, like, the fourth time or something, and they ask Michonne a simple question about, is Andrea there? And she clearly has some kind of, like, you know, love for Andrea. I don't understand why the character can't just speak one word, say yes, yes, she's there, or ask if she's okay. Like, I'm not expecting Michonne to sit down and have a Dr. Phil conversation with Rick, because we all know Rick loves to do that, but I'm just saying that she she can't speak, you know what I mean? We've heard her speak before. One character, though, that is very consistent, I would say, was Merle, and I thought, uh, as much as I'm not a fan of that character, I thought the scene with him reunited with the group after they get out of Woodbury was very effective. The character was perfect, just what he's always been, and I, it makes sense both with who he was in Woodbury when he the character reemerged, and also with who he was in the first season when we saw him. So I, I thought that you know, aspect was, was really great. If only because I was just so glad when, when Rick knocked, knocked him, him out. out. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, well, and also I, I think, I think Glenn is, it's a good episode for Glenn. I think he, he's totally in the right when he freaks out at Rick and company. Um, I'm a little bit worried about if, if he's going to just remain like that for the, you know, for the rest of the half season, then we're just going to get disgruntled. No fun, Glenn. Well, that would be annoying. The two best characters in this episode, the two highlights were Glenn and Carol, I think for me, like honestly, and again, Glenn and Carol, but the speaking moments, like when he has that whole, um, I wouldn't say breakdown, but when he gets really angry at Rick and Maggie, like that's great character development. Like, that is welcome. Like, I love what they're doing with Glenn. Like, he's becoming this total badass. And they, they, they kind of, like, show that he's somewhat insecure of his manhood. You know, he's he's always felt like he had to prove himself going out on the road. He always volunteers first because he wants to feel like he could be a key player. And here, I mean, he must feel horrible knowing that, you know, he could not only not save Maggie when she was in danger, but she's the one that went out back into battle to save Daryl and he couldn't even like go along because he was too injured so it, it must make him feel like horrible but that's good character development like like the chemistry between those three characters in that scene was fantastic Rick oh, thank god now we got a problem here I need you to back up what the hell is he doing hey 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 Drop what the he sword. Did. If it wasn't for the Oh, he helped us get out of there. Drop. Yeah, right after he beat the shit out of you. Hey, we both took our licks, man. Jackass. Hey, shut up. Enough. 
No more than you hanging out with that psycho back there? Oh, yeah, man. He is a charmer. I got to tell you that. Been putting the wood to your girlfriend, Andrea, big time, baby. Oh. Andrea's in Woodbury? Right next to the governor. I told you to drop that! You know Andrea? I do you know Andrea? Yep, she does. Her and Blondie spent all winter cuddling up in the forest. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. My Nubian queen here had two pet walkers. No arms, cut off the jaws, kept them in chains. Kind of ironic now that I think about Shut it. Shut up, bro. <laughs> hey, man, we snagged him out of woods. Andrea's close to dying. There's no way she's with him. Yeah. Snug as two little bugs. So what you gonna do now, Sheriff, huh? Surrounded by a bunch of liars, thugs, and cowards. Shut up. Oh, oh man, look at this. Pathetic. All these guns yeah, and no bullets Darryl, in me. You better oh, shut up. Shut up yourself, bunch of pussies, you run. I think this is going to push Glenn and Maggie the fallout from from last season the the last mid-season hiatus will push those two characters in really interesting directions and give the actors a lot more to to work with and I I actually really look forward to that Um, I I, I agree that scene with Carol at the gate was was fantastic I'm glad to see somebody else liking Carol (laughs) Um, but I can we just uh, just a brief mention Carl again they have him talking and it's Awkward. Not, it's not as good. He's better when he's not talking. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah. No, it's it's. See, the thing about Carl is that his character—he's not a great actor, the kid. Uh, but I like his character, so he doesn't bug me. Whereas, you know, so, like you look at the rest of the cast, and they're fantastic actors, but I don't like the way their character is written week by week because it's inconsistent. And like Andrea's a perfect example. Like she frustrates me. So every time I see Andrea, I get frustrated. When I see Carl, I just kind of like, oh, he can't act. Yeah. Well, and to go back to Andrea for a second, I was really frustrated that she didn't shoot that guy, and yeah. and and assert herself. That was a perfect, it was a perfect moment for that character to not be such a such an such an annoying person. I was going to say something else, and that seems like that is in fitting with her character and who she's been. It makes it doesn't fit with who she was in the past for her to not to, for her to see that as violence and not as mercy. Yeah, because she goes out and like and and you know shoots a bunch of zombies and then hesitates for some reason. Yeah, like, I'm gonna. Have, I don't know. I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys because the thing is, the entire time I thought she was actually gonna shoot him in the head, and they do play out that scene for like a good two minutes. Like you see her standing by the body for a good one to two minutes before the governor comes out and shoots him in the head, and I think that. Clearly, you can see an expression on her face because she's such a fantastic actress that she wanted to shoot him in the head, that she knew was the right thing to do. But she also knew that if she did it, she's sort of like the newbie in town, and people would totally freak out. So I think she made the right call, and the governor did come out and resolve the situation. I'll see. I, to me, she came across as dithering and weak. Like, she didn't know what to do, and she was insecure, and, you know, I didn't get that sense at all. I and mean, maybe she needed to look like yeah maybe just a change in her positioning so that she would have to like execute this guy right in front of them no no i didn't understand why she didn't just like block them from view and and shoot him well and they were even saying do something like what were they really expecting no i disagree with you guys i'm sorry we're gonna have to agree to disagree i think it was just 
her afraid of freaking out the townspeople more and having them turn against her. I think something we can agree on, though, is uh, it's, it was a really st- strong episode for, for Herschel. I really liked what he had to work with, Beth, yeah. as well. I'm really liking the addition of both Tyrese and, and Sasha. I'm not as hot on the, the struggle within that group. That feels very familiar. But um, but I think there's a lot of potential there in those characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chad Coleman's a great actor, and mm-hmm. Scott Wilson's probably the best actor they have. So that's it's no surprise that they've got... They gave us some good stuff this week. Um, there's a scene that I, I've heard differing interpretations of, and I'm pretty sure I know which one I think is correct, uh, which is the shot where Rick gets a hold of Lil Ass Kicker, who I'm just going to refer to as Lil Ass Kicker, um, yeah. and then kind of freaks out for a second, and then we cut to commercial or whatever. Um, what's that about? Well, the, I think there. what I was immediately struck with was the sound of the cry echoing through the empty prison because it seemed like they had put uh, an effect on that to amp- you know to make it sound like it was echoing um i emphasizing isolation and also just in his you know responsibility by himself to raise this this kid which is of course not the case because they have this large group but you know the way his headspace i think it might also be just a, a an oral reminder of of course in the episode with the phone there was all of the crying that they kept going back to so maybe it's supposed to be a connection there as well as just the you know him realizing that this baby he's is not comfortable with him well I, I see i i think it's kind of the other way around i i think it it, it from what I can tell, I think it's actually that he doesn't really feel anything for the child. Okay, did we all forget that the man went totally insane in the last scene? I mean, he's the guy is crazy. He's holding a baby. The baby is crying at the top of its lungs. If, if anything, that scene is like a little bit of foreshadowing for what we're going to get later on. I mean, the man's crazy. Like, yeah, but it, it should be signifying something specific. It shouldn't there's just a be reason saying, that they put yeah. it in Well, there. yeah, but you're not going to get the answer on that specific two-minute scene. I mean, it could be a lot of things. Like, for starters, is it his baby or is it Shane's baby? Like, does he, does, is he going to start resenting the baby? Is he going to, or does he feel guilty about the fact that his wife died? I mean, he starts seeing his wife at the end of the episode in, in, in a wedding dress. So clearly, like, I mean, has Rick ever, have we ever seen Rick pick up the baby We've never seen him hold the baby or talk to the baby or touch the baby. I, I don't even know if he knows his daughter's name. Well, and of course, she's only been alive for a week. I, I so. don't remember his daughter's name. Yeah, I just remember the last. Well, yeah, and I, that was really the, the makeshift crib was very cute. Very though. cute. That's I got to say. <laughs> and I, I just want to go back to Carol because, you know, we, we sort of mentioned Carol. And then all of a sudden we sidestepped and started talking about, like, you know, the cooler characters. But there is this fantastic sequence in uh, which Carol, she basically, she has like this whole monologue where, if I'm not mistaken, she sort of compares her relationship with her ex, uh, oh, I'm going to say her ex-husband because her husband's dead, her, her, her husband, her late husband, uh, with the relationship between Merle and Dixon in the fact... Daryl. <laughs> with the relationship between Daryl and Merle. In the sense that I think she was trying to allude to the fact that because Merle has always been sort of like abusive to his little brother Daryl, and he's always like, it's it's the it's the same reason why someone like Carol would stay with her husband who's also abusive to her. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm not a psychologist, but it's like usually yeah, no, that's what that scene was. But what, yeah, what, was really what's good, the actual what's the actual terminology for it? Like when the abuser 
can't get away from, or the abused can't get away from the abuser. And I never really thought about it. It makes sense though with their dynamic it added on, of course, with the, the you know that that Merle was the closest thing Daryl had to a father, which we learned last last season, or the last earlier part of this season. Um, I I think that dynamic. You know, the brother dynamic is what they had been focusing on. And I thought it was great that they had Carol bring up that element to their relationship as well. And it was a nice little bit of series memory. Walking Dead doesn't seem to have a really strong series memory with with Andrea. I I very rarely get a sense that she remembers that she had a sister. Uh, So it was nice to see Carol remember that not only did she have a daughter, but she had a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also one scene that I really liked in which the governor basically tries to drive Andrea, basically tries to drive Andrea away by saying some really horrible and mean things to her, and she just stands there and she's like, "Don't do that. Don't drive me away." I like that sequence. That's what I want to see from Andrea. Like again, <laughs> I don't. I was like, "Yes, I don't." I was like, "Yes, be please, driven be away." Driven away. <laughs> I mind. <laughs> oh, Andrea, Andrea. Oh my God. You. Well, cause, cause she, someone say a prayer for that lady. She knows Glenn and Maggie and she knows Rick and she now has, should have a better understanding of the governor after finding his zombie daughter in the wall of heads. And yet she believes him when he says that Merle, and she also knows Merle, when she believes him when, when, when he says that, oh, they came in here guns a blazing because Der- Merle was just trying to ask a few questions of Glenn and, and Meg. Are you kidding me? She should know yeah. better than that. But, but we also have to remember that Andrea wanted to leave the group way back when they were on the farm. She wanted to leave with Shane. She didn't want to stick around. Yeah, but still. You, see, you saw her reaction to, to when she saw it was Daryl, when she heard that her friends were alive. You know, She had a very strong reaction. And if there was a sense that she felt committed to the group but not solely because of the governor, then I would buy it more. But its I didn't get that sense. I didn't get the sense that she was even angry at the governor. But, but I, don't, I don't feel like Andrea and the governor are in love. I think they're just attracted to each other. I, I think it's some kind of like weird sexual kinky thing that we don't see behind the scenes, like zombie sex or something in the background. <laughs> and with that, uh, I, th- I think we should be wrapping this up. We're at the half hour mark. Uh, what are we hoping for next week? I'm actually good with, for the most part, more of the same, uh, with the clear exception of, of the, at least the way they handled uh, Ghost Lori. But I, you know, I m- maybe didn't say it enough. I did actually really like most of this episode. I was not as anticipating, you know, as an anticipatory towards this as other people were, perhaps. But I actually thought they handled most of the conversations really well and the relationships. And I'm really interested to see where a lot of this is is headed. So if they can rework some of the handling of Ghost Lori, as well as some of the motivations, perhaps, for Andrea, then I'm actually very interested to see more of the same moving forward. Yeah, well, you know, I really liked the episode, I believe it was called Hounded, in which Rick talked to dead people, and I thought that was incredibly well executed, but this episode was too theatrical, so in the future, if Rick is going to go insane, or anyone for that matter, there is plenty of ways you can do it without having to show the silhouette of a dead ghost in a wedding dress. It just feels like it's a completely different show. It feels like we're watching American Horror Story all of a sudden. I actually feel like, well, American Horror Story is way better at this point, but um, the I actually think that the whole scene would have been so much more effective if there would just been nothing in that hallway. Well, it, they could have just used, for example, sound design. I mean, you know, Rick just starts slowly hearing whispering 
Um, nah. they, they could have used the actor and his. I was fine with the silhouette. I really don't see why you guys had a problem with that. I well, you know, it's weird because the thing is, you would think that a show about zombies, it wouldn't feel out of place. It wouldn't feel strange to see like uh, supernatural like elements within the show, like a ghost or, in this case, the silhouette of a of a, of his wife dead. In a wedding dress, but it just oh, and also as somebody who went wedding dress shopping with my sister last year, that's she had a dress sort of like that, and they don't make those. That's not a wedding dress, really, at this point. You know what I don't understand though? I still don't understand why these people don't do like the normal, like the things that most people would probably do to like kill their free time, like listen to music. There's got to be some way to listen to music. Like they've uh, Walkman, I don't know, like a. Yeah, but then they have to clear the rights, and that costs more money, and we know how AMC <laughs> feels about that. Or play some cards. I don't know, something. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Why can't we have an episode where like, it's like Deadwood, and they're playing poker, and you know, Wild Bill shows up, and someone gets shot? <laughs> <laughs> the zombie, zombie Wild Bill. It'd be great if historical zombies started showing up. Simon, what are you hoping for next week? Um, less of the things that we don't like, <laughs> and more of the things that we like. So, so no, <laughs> That's none of you's think that there's a possibility that rick actually is uh physically ill like and that's why he's going insane i don't think that's what they're going for it could be i just don't i don't i don't i would like to think well enough of the show to think that they had all this long-term planning going on but i don't feel like they do okay hopefully i'm wrong but the thing is shane was infected right and that's why he started going crazy which is why no Okay, I don't remember that at all. Then I'm confused because I thought that the reason why Shane, um, like Shane was slowly going crazy and I thought it was because he had some sort of like infection inside him and that's why. I don't remember well, this Okay, no. Okay, isn't, okay, I'm trying to refresh my memory here. Um, when Shane died, that's when Rick realized that the infection was inside them. Everybody's infected, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so... My understanding was that the reason why Shane was slowly going crazy was because he was having some kind of reaction to it that everyone else wasn't having. No, they've all been infected this whole time. It became it's airborne. So this the entire entirety of the show, they've all been infected. They just found out later. Okay, then I um I should like stop doing a Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> because I swear to god this whole entire time I thought that there was like, I thought there was, it was a little bit more complicated. Like the disease would affect people in a different way. That would, you know, and maybe that's, maybe that's what they're going for. And maybe they will, you know, so there'll be a line about, oh, and that's why Shane had that, you know, started acting up. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so, but I don't think you should stop doing a Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> well, I think I should go back and fix my review that I wrote yesterday night. So that uh, just about does it for us this week. We'll be back uh, next week with, of course, the second episode of the uh, of the new half season. If you watch TV shows other than The Walking Dead, which you probably do, uh, you can listen to Kate and I gab on and on and on about everything other than The Walking Dead, well, and Game of Thrones, on uh, the Televerse, which goes up every Tuesday night. And I think that's about it. So thank you for listening.
Why are you here? What, what do you want from me? Dad? Why are you... Huh? I can't help you! Get out! Oh. Get, get out! Come on, come on. It's all good. What are you doing? Hey, easy, Rick. There's no need. There's no blood here! Get out! Relax. Relax. Yeah. We'll leave. We're going. Okay? Ain't nobody got a good shot here. We're going. We're going. Let's go. Just, just, just go. 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 Just on your eyes when you stay. 